Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve. And I'm Jason. Wait, Jason? Where's Marty? We paid him for two weeks. He was supposed to still be here. What's going on? Hell if I know. All I know is I was having all sorts of trouble. Apparently, you guys couldn't hear me last week. I don't know what was going on. You know, hey. Oh, (laughs) oh, we weren't. You weren't supposed to tell that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I hit mute. I was trying to save everybody the uh, the aggravation of having to listen to you. And, you know, Mar- Marty just kind of rolled with it. So I thought it was going to work out. At this out. point, I'll just hack your line, get my mic back unmuted. We're good to go. <laughs> well, apparently it worked between this week and last week. You know, I'm all right with it. Uh, no, uh, actually, it's good to be back. Uh, had a little... Uh, you're mostly COVID safe kind of trip with the fam. Uh, really just, you know, my wife and old dog and I went to some campsites off and off the grid and uh, just kind of enjoyed a nice long holiday. Yeah. Away from everything and unplugged and can't and ask for all the that. crazy tech stuff that's been going on. Yeah. Right. <sighs> and there's a, there, there's a nice little list piling up too, isn't there? You know, uh, it, yeah, I come back. And I start taking a look at all the stuff that's going on, and I'm like, you know, there's things we got to end up talking about, like what the issues that we're having with uh, the internet, and and not even just having issues with the internet, but frankly, some change needs to occur, you know, and, and things that are changing. Amazon, come on now, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and. <sighs> And then I hear about schools buying phone hacking tech, like FBI grade. Yeah, and, and you know there can't be any good coming out of that one. Oh, I've got some thoughts. And, and this is just all while you're on vacation. So really what we're taking away from here is that your vacations either need to be shorter or, you know, less frequent. Because you leave and apparently everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Now, to be fair, the <laughs> internet one is one that has been going on for quite some time. Uh, as you and my past have very much run into that. Uh, but I know it's, it's definitely something that, that I've dealt with, especially when trying to find a place to live, you know, yeah. the last time I moved, uh, you know, actually, I, I guess while, while looking at that, uh, to give you a little better insight. <laughs> so I'd come across this, uh, Verge article, uh, basically saying it's 2021, we need to fix America's internet. Uh, and I feel that is absolutely correct. Because the doesn't matter where you go in the country. Everybody wants to argue, oh, there's not a monopoly. You can get multiple broadband. Mm, you really can't in a lot of places. Uh, you have one option, maybe one DSL or one fiber, and that's about it. Satellite. Yeah, I mean, or satellite, you know, or uh, smoke signals. I mean, I guess that's a communication <laughs> method. One, but the pro- one, zero, one, 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 zero. <laughs> <laughs> hope you know your morse code uh but here's the thing like okay so right now i'm in a spectrum area the highest that i have last i checked is 400 megabytes down and 20 megabytes up ouch more for the up than the down even yeah uh, and here's the thing you know it's like you you're not finding too many uh places for synchronous internet and while yes in most cases the upload is less important uh, you know, my, my wife has a Twitch stream. We have a podcast, which granted doesn't use a lot of up, but you know, if we're trying to do both at once, it is something to consider. Yeah, for sure. While 20 has worked out for us, 
uh, I'd like the ability to be able to, you know, not have to worry about that. And I know there's others who need that more so. Sure. It all really comes down to uh, like peaks and valleys to some degree too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, like while you said for the podcast and stuff, it consistently isn't using lots of data. It doesn't mean when we're not doing certain things that there isn't spikes or there isn't peaks, you know, or even, I mean, heck, you've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast about how it rains and, you know, a couple hours later the service goes out. So, you know, your 20 megs that you're talking about is best case scenario, not even necessarily what is necessarily happening on a day-to-day or even hour-by-hour basis. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's crazy sometimes how it happens because, you know, I have always been a big proponent of, of cable uh, as far as reliability and everything else. Do things happen? Yes. You know, at one point, you were together at one of the three big ISPs, uh, and I'm pretty sure we were both there at the same time when the truck accidentally took out the main fiber run outside yeah. of Pittsburgh and took out the entire <laughs> East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> that was not fun. So, yes, things can happen with, with you know, cable in general, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. But if you want fiber, Hope you're in an area where, I don't know, you have fiber lines already run because they're not going to run them otherwise. And that's kind of what, um, so this Verge article was from Sean Hollister, uh, who a lot of the article self is more so just like his take on, on what he had to go through. Uh, in his case, he had called AT&T about nine times or so, all of which said, yeah, we can service your house, uh, sent a tech out only to find out well, we don't service your house. I guess there was some issue with the map that the actual lines were a uh, couple houses, like a couple hundred feet down, and they were not going to rerun the line out to, to where he's at. So while the map still claims he can get it, he can't. So what's the option he has? Spectrum or a Comcast uh, is the one that he has. So it's like, Okay, well, what other options do you have? In my area, I have WOW, but from what I understand, while I've never used them, unless you're within like five miles of the main hub, you are not getting anywhere near close to the, their best speeds. Yeah. Although they want to, they, they do claim that they have gig service, synchronous. And, and I think it's a little bit crazy too, because for what, you know, for what it costs to get good internet, you know, say for the sake of argument, let's say, 100 to $150 gets you good internet. Okay. So in my area, uh, roughly about 100 gigs, 100 bucks gets me a, a one gig connection down and 40 up. And I, I think that that is a tiny bit on the expensive side, but I could at least wrap my head around it. It's not so egregious that, like, you know, I'm actively searching for something else. Now, that being said, if I move up to the fiber, because I can get fiber where I live, it's their Gigabit Pro. Now, that does give me the synchronous connection that you're talking about, which is two gigs down and two gigs up. So I'm more than doubling my download, and it's like, what, 400% faster or something for my <laughs> upload? You know, yeah. so now that comes in at 399 So that to me is, uh, at least given the current state, too much to pay, you know, for internet for what I'm using. You know, right. There are a handful of peaks and valleys and things like that where I could make use of a, a connection like that. Um, but on day to day usage, I don't max out my connection as it is. Or when I do, it's a very rare, you know, occurrence kind of deal. 
would it be awesome to have that for, you know, when I have to do the downloads now and then, or when, you know, I download a new Xbox game, would it be great to pull it down at two gigs a second? Heck yeah. But kind of like well, Marty and I had touched on last week, the problem that you run into with some of that though, even if the ISPs would give us the service that we want, unless the rest of the world kind of catches up and, and matches suit, it doesn't matter because they could give you a 10 gigabyte connection. And if the server that you're going to only allows a hundred meg pass into it anyways, yep. what's it matter? So I'm really torn. You know, I feel like if anything, they should drive down latency. Well, I mean, that sometimes can be tricky too. Um, Cause there's so many different things that can cause the latency. Uh, I think what you're reaching towards is the law of diminishing returns. At some point, fast is great but you're absolutely right if what i'm trying to access doesn't have that same service it's still going to stuck and there's going to be a bottleneck somewhere however it'd be nice to know the bottleneck's not on my side frankly i would be happy to get uh one gig and 40 because i'm paying 70 right now for four uh 400 down 20 up right and and i think that where you started the original discussion, though, is the right discussion to have. You know, I believe how you worded it off the bat was, we need to fix the internet. You didn't say, I need to fix my internet or we need to fix your internet. Right. We need to fix the internet as a whole. So that does then address what we were discussing as far as, you know, going into another server, you know, instead of hitting their 100 meg limit or whatever, you know, then we're getting them up to where it's a gigabit connection or something, you know. And I realize, you know, part of this is a scale issue because, you know, the server, the server might have a gigabit connection, but when you have to split that out to 10,000 people, that's when everybody can link and get, you know, can only get a meg. But as networking is starting to really ramp up, you know, within the last couple of years, we've started getting, you know, 20 gig and 50 gig and hundred gig connections and things on, on the commercial side, Grant. I mean, this is the real high end. This is backbone stuff. Right. But I mean, that they, they are getting, you know, 100 gigabit plus transfer speeds over fiber optics, you know, within the data center itself, you know, so I, I feel like as that becomes a lot more prolific, I think that as a whole, kind of the whole, the whole floor um, for the internet is going to raise, but I feel like it's not, it's certainly not at a zero expense, which is, I think the biggest problem, you know, if it didn't cost the companies to do it, if it was just kind of a standard or if they could just kind of, uh, if it was a compression issue sort of deal, like it was a software, a, a, you know, adjustable sort of thing, I think that they would be way more inclined, obviously, to flip that switch and certainly push things up quicker. But mm, you know, not think? when they can charge for, not when they can charge more, right? But if the whole internet lifts as a whole, they're still in it to win. Like they're still, it's still in their benefit to to stay. I don't want to say competitive because that's not true either. But oh, in- we'll get to competitive <laughs> on this too because that's an absolute factor here. But you know what I mean? If the whole floor lifts, you can't be left behind either. You know, part of yeah. Comcast's reputation is that they're, you know, really fast kind of deal. And as a whole, I, I mean, as much as I like to complain because I have to pay them so much each month kind of deal, as a whole, I mean, I've had way worse internet and way slower and way less consistent, you know, in other places and stuff. So, I mean, as a whole, you know, and I'm going to knock on something, you know, it, it's, my at least mine personally is pretty solid and it's pretty consistent. So 
like I said, it's hard for me to complain sometimes and not make it just sound like a first world, you know, oh, boo-hoo, you know, woe is me. Yeah, uh, and you're right. When it comes to the internet, I mean, the thing is, though, anymore, it's not just a first world problem. Uh, if anything, this uh, pandemic has showed us just how vital internet is. For sure, and I, I agree 100% on that one. And it's one of those that, like, back in the day, you know, everybody was like, oh, uh, phone isn't going to be, like, it's going to be big, but it's not going to be, no. Then it got regulated as a utility. And why they're still somehow classifying internet as a luxury, it's not. Literally try to do anything without the internet. Like, right. can you live off the grid? Yes. Is it possible? Sure. But if you want a job, I was last searching for a job. I'd walk in like, hey, are you guys hiring? Yeah, you have to do it online. We don't take in-person yeah. applications. Especially now. Especially now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, between that and uh, working remotely uh, and help. Look at the kids trying to go to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, the definition of broadband is 25 down, three up, which is very low. Yeah. So if you're now in a household where you have a child who's trying to do homeschool via Zoom and everything else, and then you have a parent who's trying to work remote, yep. that's not going to work very well. Yeah. And if you're you know, maybe a single parent household, that that's all you can afford is that. And there's plenty of communities where that is still out of reach. Yeah. Well, even the, you, you'll remember the Internet Essentials. Marty and I talked yeah. on that briefly last week. But I remember when the upload speed on Internet Essentials involved KBPS. <laughs> it, yes. it wasn't megs. It was kilobits. So... You know, I, I think that there there is movement. It is going the right way, but I feel like it's at a forced rate is the problem that, you know, I, I think it really does boil down to a competition issue. Well, and there is none. And right. like I said, you know, and actually it was it was a good point that he brought up in this article, too, where uh, to, to quote the article here in 2009, the U.S. spent three hundred fifty million on a national broadband map that turned uh than basically the ISPs writing it themselves and donating their own data to yeah, it. Which already, shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> yeah. Already, like, okay, that's not how oversight works. Thanks, FCC. But uh, for the FCC's map, uh, for his particular location, he have 11, you know, 11 different broadband providers. Uh, that's great. That's, that's competition, right? Uh, two of them are fixed wireless that are only business, not homes. Uh, one of which starts at $99 a month for three megabits per second. Yeah. Two of them are slow data cap satellite internet. Uh, four of them are duplicates of the same providers. Um, basically just three different tiers of DSL for the same company. Right. Two of which don't even meet the FCC's definition I, of broadband. I was say, how many of these actually hit the, uh, the definition of broadband? Uh, at least two of those uh, four duplicates don't. Don't. Uh, and two of them don't service his address at all, which right. leaves him with Comcast. Right. So you want to say yeah, so on out paper, of 11, 11. Out of 11, we're missing what, at least six? Does that my count, I think? We had a couple duplicates, oh, no. two uh, that didn't count. Uh, two didn't service the address at all. Two uh, are fixed wireless that only right. cater to business. Right. But they're tech. Well, see, and that's, you can't, but that's. You can't get home service with them. Pull them off. You don't service my address at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess because if you're not in the if you're not in the market for business service, I guess that makes sense. It shouldn't technically be classified as service to a residential address. Then, 
Yeah, and like I said, the one just says four are duplicates of the same providers, including three different tiers of AT&T DSL. Right. So t- trying to yeah. determine how that, there so, might be one option in there <laughs> that might work. is like, yeah, we service this house from, you know, four different cross streets. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, so it's, but that's the thing. I, I think what needs to happen is that we need, A, a legitimate third party to run this, or have a way for users to be able to upload that data for what, if I do a search on my house right now, I can upload like, hey, here's what I actually have available. Not what you think is available or what Comcast or Spectrum or Verizon or any of the others. Not trying to leave anybody out here. You know, it's like, but don't donate your own damn data. That is not well, how that works. Yeah, and th- this is going to come across really harsh, but you know exactly what we need. We need a non-FCC. Yeah. You know, we need, we need somebody in there that is competent that actually has people's, you know... So not a Jeep pie. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, <laughs> and that's the problem, you know, it, it's all fine and dandy to have government oversight as long as the oversight is actually in your interest. And the problem is, is thus far, it's not. The problem is lobbying. Right. But the people that are lobbying have all the money. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I understand what needs to be done. I feel like we all can agree on what needs to be done, but because we're not in control of the uh, financial aspect of it, <laughs> you know, how do you actually, how do you induce change into that system? And, and that's the question, you know, I mean, really all we can do because it's voting. I mean, I'd say normally we could vote with our wallet. We can't really do that. Right. When you'd have no other options, especially um, now. Yeah. I mean, it's like we can, really just get in contact with you know your local representatives your state representatives federal that's about all we can really do at this point and hope that they actually try to do something about it I, right but i know, feel like it, most of those guys are in the pockets of the lobbyist and that's the problem <laughs> we need to get big business out of government first and foremost which will also never happen because yay capitalism um, <laughs> and i'm not trying to get like all political about it but like no, I'm nor just, am I. I don't think that you can not be political and have any sort of a real substantive answer. You know what really needs to happen though? Like, and it's and I think you touched upon it earlier. It needs to become a utility, not a luxury, and well, regulated as such. Now, well, mind you, the regulation is the the dangerous part that you gotta be careful with, but more so regulating the access, not the content. Yes, for sure. Because part of the problem is how many of these companies have gotten uh, subsidizations and everything else to come build the networks up and then do absolutely nothing with the networks. Be like, yeah, but we got your money. Well, right. That's happened from all of them. I don't care who they are. All of them have done that. And I think that to some degree, like you hear about like the little pockets and stuff here and there where like the, the community will come together and they will create like their own uh, like fiber internet kind of deal. Like mm-hmm. there's like little pockets. And most of the stuff, when you hear about that happening, they're usually getting crazy internet for like next to nothing because there's, there's not a lot of like overhead to it kind of deal. Cause it's not some big massive company. It's servicing a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people, whatever the, you know, whatever the area is. And they're getting like a direct pipe. So like literally they're just splitting the fee of whatever, you know, it's like going out to dinner and everybody just splits for dinner. It's way cheaper than if you ordered, you know, if you did like a DoorDash kind of deal where you're paying all the extra fees, you're paying all the extra, you know, this and that, if you don't have to do that crap, I mean, it can be so much cheaper. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, then you have Chattanooga, 
who tried to build a, a municipal network in 2015. Exactly, yeah, exactly. What I'm you know, talking the about. same. It sounds like exactly the same one you're talking about here. Yep. And then Comcast turned around and sued them. And that's where and somehow won and talked the state into <laughs> subsidizing them. Right. And Nothing with that network, by the way. And that's exactly the type of situation I'm talking about. Those kind of things should be allowed for one. There should be absolutely no Comcast should have zero, not even Comcast. Like I won't even target Comcast. Uh, the uh, existing ISPs as a whole should not be able to have any kind of interference there. There is no reason that they should be able to sue on any grounds that to me is a completely frivolous lawsuit like yes, how absolutely. can you sue on the basis of somebody else wanting to start up a competing business and i should i should add i'm not uh targeting comcast on that one they're just the ones who happen to right. sue in this yeah, in just, this yeah but yeah could i see it with spectrum or i'd say bright house but i don't even know if they exist anymore because they got bought up by charter uh time warner you know again charter uh you know it's like i would they all have done this sure but you other know. than like straight corruption, how can that even be explained? Because like, if I rent out a space next to Domino's and I decide to start selling pizza, I have never ever a heard of somebody getting sued for something like that, and b I'm pretty sure that it's not even an option to do that sort of thing. Like, I'm pretty sure the judge would just laugh you out. You're like, you know, so I don't understand how it is that you know companies like Comcast or, or Spectrum or anybody like that could come through and stomp all over it you know and and not raise flags oh the money in their pocket comes from corpse <laughs> oh the money in their pocket comes yeah from exactly you know so it's <laughs> i That's i don't know it's, <laughs> i don't i don't at this point know even what you know what what we could do as you know the the end users here other than keep bringing attention to it keep yeah. talking about it uh you know keep plugging away and trying to you know vote in the people who have an idea of the problem maybe get an fcc that actually wants to you know do something about it like yeah. is it kind of is in their job description and you know go from there like we just need it needs the competition and it's just yeah the only thing i kind of hope and pray a little bit is that as some of the long-term uh regulators and like like a lot of the the people that are really cemented into a lot of these companies and legislative uh positions and things like that you know as they're starting to either it sounds bad but like die off kind of deal you know as a lot of these guys are just super old i'm hoping that some of the newer blood that's kind of been raised on some of this stuff as well you know it's you know for some of those guys that are 80 90 years old like they don't give a crap whether their internet's crazy fast or not yeah but some of the 30 and 40 year old guys that are starting to get into politics who have been raised on the internet to actually, you know, that where they want to do something or when, you know, they know the benefit of having a, a good, fast, free flowing internet. You know, I'm kind of hoping that maybe, you know, this pushes some of their buttons or, you know, it, they at least understand or can accept the value, I guess, of, uh, of wanting to, to, push this forward in a positive way instead of constantly just, you know, wringing money out of people. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the point. I think it's really just going to take, um, you know, that, that new blood to kind of push like the, Hey, here's what y'all have been missing for a while. As if the, the Congress hearing congressional hearings with, uh, Zuckerman didn't or Zuckerberg. <laughs> the Ooh, robot. <laughs> some of the questions that came up were just, 
I digress. Um, you know, but so yeah, I think right now privacy scary. <laughs> hmm? Privacy scary, <laughs> or are you talking about more of just the uh, financial stuff? Oh no, uh, I was gonna say it's like is as much as we need to fix the internet. Uh, yeah, there are some privacy fixes that need to have. So I, I kind of like where you're going from on that. Uh, you've got one of these. Why don't you take this one? I don't have one of these. I have one of these in every room. <laughs> if you haven't seen yet, Amazon is doing this new thing called Sidewalk. And essentially, it's actually, it's kind of tags even back into what we were talking about before. Comcast years ago did this whole like Xfinity Wi-Fi deal where essentially they're taking the modems that they're putting into your house and they're kind uh, combining them into like a big giant network kind of deal. You know, so as you're out and about, you can still get internet and things like that. Well, Amazon is more or less doing exactly the same thing, but they're doing it via, you know, the echoes, they're doing it via the ring cameras and, you know, all their different devices that they've been putting into people's homes for years now, they're going to essentially create like a mesh network through the devices. And then they're going to, what's the word I'm looking for here? Mesh? Leech. <laughs> Maybe leech oh. is a good word. They're Because uh, they're going to actually be taking part of the bandwidth for your regular internet that you're getting. And then they're going to be rebroadcasting that out, essentially. So the example that I was reading initially was that they're, they're, the way they were pitching this was, if your neighbor's Wi-Fi goes down, your devices essentially can provide a bridge or a connection to keep their stuff going. I guess my first question is, is like, how often does your neighbor's power go out and your power not like, how often are you that close to somebody and not affected by the same problems? Uh, one and two, if for some reason I've invested in a generator and, and other things to keep my house rolling in a situation such as that, the last thing I want to do is be pushing all the stuff that I've paid for and all the, the, service and everything out to everybody else around me for them to benefit from, you know, from all the work I've had to do, you know, you know, or even the internet, like we were talking about, you know, there's only so much of that pipe to go around, you know, at each, each person's house. And if they're going to start leeching off of that, you know, it just chips away at what you have available to you. So, you know, the, the 20 megs that you were talking about at your house, you know, suddenly these things might have you down to 15, maybe 10, you know, and to me, that's that's egregious best case scenario. And the icing on the cake is that this is an opt out by default. You have to go in and say you don't want to be part of this because just by default, it's on. That's the part I have problems with. <laughs> Mind you, I don't have an Echo or a Ring. I actually don't think I have any. I've got all the Google stuff in the house. I don't think I have any Amazon things at the moment. At least when Comcast did that, it was through their routers. So they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to put this little guest network of 15 meg or whatever it is, and bloop, there you go. And it sits alongside. So it's never actually coming in contact with yours. Right. Or, I don't know, using the bandwidth you're paying for. Right. Yeah, it's way different when it comes from the provider where they can allocate and they can offset that. But Amazon strictly, I mean, it specifically says in the article that we were, were referring to, about how it will leech off of your internet. I mean, it's, they outright say small that. Small portion. Well, define right. small portion. Come well, at me with that. 
Exactly. I mean, because if you look at like the the ring cameras and stuff, I believe I forget the exact numbers, but I believe it's five to ten megs per camera is like the minimum that it needs to hold a strong enough connection to be able to upload the video and stuff to the servers to get processed and everything like that. So, you know, you have somebody's house like mine, like, and it's fine and dandy. So like my house, I have plenty of bandwidth that honestly I wouldn't notice. I could feed the neighbors around me and it probably wouldn't be the end of the world. However, my, you know, if I have a neighbor next door that happens to be in a much different situation and they're running on internet essentials, kind of deal like we were talking about earlier where they have a 20 down and you know a one or two up kind of deal you know suddenly i have my you know six or eight cameras and they're leeching off everything i mean you know what amazon's considers to be a little bit of data could potentially be catastrophic to somebody else oh for sure and i i think the thing that really just gets me though it's like what do you mean it's going to be turned on by default that's not how this works yeah that's you can say Here's something you can opt into. Correct. I'm okay with that because you know what? If I'm in a space like you where I've got all the extra, cool, you know, whatever. But what? Yeah. Well, and even like some of like the guard feature, like we talked about that weeks and weeks ago. You we, we were talking about like your, the features like that with your, your Google home and stuff. And I was talking about how Amazon has their guard feature where it listens for stuff. And, but all that's opt in, like you choose yeah. to turn that stuff on. So to me, that there's no way that they know this is a shady thing. And the reason they're doing this is because they know that if people had to opt in, nobody would turn it on. Yeah. Like there's no, like that to me, that's, that's what this screams. We're hoping people are just going to be too lazy to turn it off. Well, right. Or they just won't know how. Cause like, I mean, it's not incredibly hard to do, but you have to go through a couple different menus to get there. You know, you have to go through, I think two or three levels of a menu. And while that's not the end of the world, like, People aren't going to just stumble across it either, unless you're just sitting there sifting through menus for some reason. How many people do you know that go sifting through menus? Me. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, seems like, see, that's one of the downsides about working desktop. Half the time, the, the big question is like, are you going to read this? Like, I sent you the email with the instructions. Did you read them? <laughs> no. Did you follow them? <laughs> no. Nope, you reached out and waited for the text. Okay, got it. Right. But, but to answer your question, though, I mean, nobody, I know it's me, yeah. it's you, it's Marty, you know, it's a handful of people that have some technology in the first place that, you know, are going to be able to like that stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, we're the only ones that are going to go in and turn that kind of stuff off because, and that's what they're banking on. You know, the people mm-hmm. that are really bothered by it. And the only other people I could see that maybe would turn it off are the people that are incredibly privacy conscientious. Sure. But I feel like having some level of tech knowledge goes hand in hand with that typically. Like, I feel like you typically aren't incredibly privacy conscious without having at least some basic knowledge. Yeah, one would hope. But then again, it's also the holidays and people buy people stuff without any guidance of how to use it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, they're running, they run deals all the time for this kind of stuff. I mean, they had a ban- one of those like the sale banners going across the top of Amazon the other day, and it jumped out at me because they were talking about devices starting at like $8 or something like that. It was incredibly cheap, and it was like the super basic, like, I forget, was, I think it was like one of the little, uh, like the little hats that you put on top of your Echo or whatever, like to make it look different. But I mean, it gets, you know, an ad like that gets somebody to in- look at stuff, you know, and then they see that some of the other stuff's on sale and whatnot. So. I'm sure. And especially with people being home now, 
I'm sure the sales for this kind of stuff have gone up tons. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot more of them on, uh, you know, in different deals and stuff that's going on. I don't know. I, I think the whole thing on this, like I said, even as a grand idea, it's not the worst idea in the world, maybe, but it also depends. I feel like there's not a whole lot of information about what Sidewalk actually does. It's, you know, it, it tries to say, you know, barring bandwidth and this and the other thing, that's great. But what's the overall overall benefit? You know what I mean? Because like you said, if one goes out, chances are you all went out. Right. So I, that would be the the question that I have. I mean, if you're, I know they were talking about basically building a mesh network that way. I, I think that their justification doesn't line up with reality, <laughs> real life. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that what they're they're I think that their PR to this is not actually like like they're saying it's for outages or they're saying it's for this that and the other thing and while we you know 0.0001% of the time that might happen to somebody there's there's ultimately an underlying goal here i don't know exactly what it is yet and i think that that's probably one of those things in a couple of years we'll find out you know i'm sure there is some sort of an underlying plan but i think that the reason there is so little information about it is because it's just bs I don't think yeah. there's I don't think there's any true validity to it because the more information they give you, the more full of holes it clearly is. <laughs> like, you know. So I guess my advice to all our listeners out there uh is if you have one of the devices that has uh access to Amazon Sidewalk, look into it, I guess, uh if you're curious, but otherwise opt out immediately and then go back in. And if you want to turn it on, great. You know, but be informed about what it's doing before just focusing on, yep, I'm just going to let it slide. Yeah, for sure. Although that's not the only big privacy issue that we're running into either. No, um, it's, it's not. And before you jump into that, though, okay. uh, we will include a link to the article that we were talking about. And that does have a step-by-step for what you need to go through in the settings to get to it, to turn it off. Oh, good thinking. Um, so, you know, definitely make sure. I want to say it's like maybe halfway or two-thirds of the way down through the article. Um, so if it is something that does bother you or something you're not interested in, you know, as far as for them getting that information or that ability, uh, make sure you go turn that off. And my recommendation just from personal experience is turn it off, close the app, wait five or 10 minutes, and then go back in and check it again. Because the very first time I did it, it was back on when I went back in to look. Uh, so I actually had to turn it off twice. Uh, after I did it the second time, it did stay off. Uh, I even actually checked right before the show with Jason when we were talking about different topics and stuff, and I confirmed that it was still off. But yeah, just as an FYI, just kind of double check. So, but yes, uh, on to more privacy and how we don't apparently have it even now at younger ages. Talk to me, Jason. (laughs) So uh, I swear, uh, kudos to The Verge, because I feel like all the the (laughs) articles we end up coming up with all end up coming from The Verge. Mind you, uh, I don't mind this because they, they do put out good work. Um, Unless it's how to build a PC. Oh, oh, wait, was that them? I know what video you're talking about. I forgot who that was. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were the ones that brought you the how to build a $2,000 PC. To be fair, uh, the tear apart <laughs> videos from literally every other uh, PC reviewer were kind of gold. So uh, it might have been satire, but oh boy, that made for some good epic watching. 
from an article standpoint, however, much better, uh, much better, <laughs> much better. Uh, this one I don't even feel good about. And my apologies, if, my apologies if you hear some stuff in the background. Uh, apparently, my neighbors are still deciding to set off fireworks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is technically still New Year, so have at it, it, I is. guess. Um, no, there is <laughs> nothing good that's about to come out of what you're about to say. The, this article is terrible and gut wrenching from top to bottom. The high low of this is that uh, schools now are apparently there's uh, reports of schools buying FBI grade phone hacking. Uh, so the the one thing it did mention was like Celebrate, which I used back when I worked at Radio Shack because that's how we would transfer data from one phone to another uh, when you'd buy a new phone. So I'm familiar with at least that particular product. Uh, from what they're saying, apparently they've partnered with police for years, so they might also have, they, they also seem to use that equipment to gather information. But the biggest, absolute biggest kick in the stomach that I'm seeing with this whole thing isn't even just that the school district employees are um, you know, having the equipment itself. Cool. Uh, but they don't need a warrant. Yeah, cool, very sarcastically. <laughs> uh, but they don't need a, a warrant to actually do so. Uh, according to Oh, can I find the actual? There it is. Uh, the one thing I will say is I. It doesn't say if it was um, like a state or or the federal Supreme Court, uh, but it does say the Supreme Court ruled that schools uh, school officials only need to reasonably believe that a student is guilty of something, and that searching the phone will probably obtain evidence of it. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that is like the loosest definition. I mean, they're kids. You could pretty much look at them and get some sort of a vibe that they're up to something. I mean, come on. Like, that has got to be the biggest giant loophole I've ever seen. And the other part of this is that this stuff isn't, like, given to them for free. They're paying for this, and it's not cheap. Uh, They were saying that some schools paid, you know, upwards of 12 grand plus, you know, and that's $12,000 that could have gone into new computers, books. Uh, more teachers, <laughs> better salaries, uh, uh, anything, literally anything that could be a positive situation instead of this, where it's going to be negative. Because my outlook on this is this is utterly ridiculous. School officials do not have the training, the knowledge, or anything to be using these kind of tools. <laughs> you know, I, I think even the police half the time don't have the skill set to probably be using this sort of stuff. This should be left to like, you know, certain forensic teams and things like that. So if the schools have a problem or if they think that something's going on, then they need to be contacting authorities, the proper authorities. They should With not a be warrant. Yeah. You don't take the kid's phone down to the freaking computer lab, plug it in and start hacking into it with crazy software that you don't actually understand. Yes. Because I mean Who's to, to be say, fair, like I said, I was working at Radio Shack with a Celebrite, so they're they're not super difficult to use. However, uh, everything we were doing was on the up and up. We were actively taking information from one phone and put to to move over to the next. Thankfully, sure. phone manufacturers have gotten so much easier with transferring phone data that that was no longer needed. Right, but they're not using it for the interest of transferring. They're exactly. using it as a break-in tool, and that's yes. that's a way. It's different when you ask the customer to put in their password and you say, okay, we're going to transfer stuff over and you have two active phones in front of you. That's not what this is. This is the teacher confiscated their phone in the middle of class 
And for whatever reason, they have some sort of suspicion that something I would suspicion. have. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be, I would have to imagine it would have to be something bad to warrant this, but who knows, you know, they, they capture the phone in the middle of class kind of deal. They plug this thing in and then they're breaking into it. Like I said, this isn't a data transfer. This is an all out hack and assault on somebody else's property. I mean, honestly, it, it sounds like it's a very much a violation of the Fourth Amendment, but well, but according to the Supreme Court, apparently not. Clearly, the Supreme, yeah, the, the Supreme Court does not agree with you. And that's kind of what's scary because, you know, there's so many. There's so many laws and there's so many things that, you know, one instance creates a loophole for something else. So, like, my concern also is that this rises from the bottom to the top. So. Because the Supreme Court opened the door for schools to do it, you know, the whole deal like with uh, Apple and the FBI a couple of years ago, who's to say that this doesn't lay groundwork for them to then stand on this yep. to then start forcing other companies to do it as well? And that was a big win for the end user at the time. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. This could all be used to unravel some of those wins or some of the, the protections that we have in place currently. And to me, that's really kind of scary because. While a teacher pulling something out of somebody's phone is probably not as big of a deal, you know, if you suddenly can be arrested and then they can forcibly start hacking into your phone because they, because of things like this already being in place, because they have leverage and because they have, you know, jump off points, like I said, it's, it's an awfully slippery slope and I think it's very much going the wrong direction. And that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. So the other thing I was trying to take a look at here, too, uh, is that actually The Verge pointed to a Gizmodo article trying to go a little bit more in depth, uh, specifically about the Fourth Amendment, uh, but more like wider uh, scope of, of article there. From what we can tell, yeah, looking at the Fourth Amendment, it does protect against your unlawful search and seizure uh, to include cell phones. But for whatever reason, schools have been mostly uh, skipped by that. But how can that be? Like somehow it, it just hasn't been. Um, but just because you're a school doesn't make you like, it doesn't make you immune from the first or second amendment amendment. Yeah. I don't understand how that <laughs> we don't, our amendments don't apply to certain, uh, certain, into, well, I guess that's not true though. I mean, like you can't take a gun into a courthouse kind of deal. You know, you can't take it into federal buildings. I mean, so I guess that's not entirely true. So I don't know. I but then again, to go on the second, there's a whole lot of other issues with that particular one that you know could be argued on. All right, but I'm just saying as a as a point of reference, though, because I was yeah, going to yeah. say that you know the the amendments are the amendments across the board. But I mean, technically, I guess that's not true, and that's just an easy one I can think of off the bat. Right. You, know, so I you mean, can't take a gun into a federal building, kind of deal, which I understand. I'm not. I'm not disputing that, <laughs> but. That does poke holes in my theory of the amendments are the amendments, and it's the same across the board, because it's not. So Yeah, and that's, apparently courts have only rarely ruled that school searches violate the Fourth Amendment, and it all comes down to hearsay and thought process, not even, like, hard evidence. They're using that search to find evidence, and it's, it's, it's phishing, yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of feelings towards this. All of it is, what the hell? Yeah, I agree, and it's I think the other thing, and the article calls this out a little bit too. The other thing that bothers me a little bit is that there's a lot of references to the level of the software also mm -hmm. being used as things to, uh, it's to the same grade of like military or uh, things that you could use in like war zones. I mean, that's 
to me, again, that, that means that it's too OP. It's too overpowered of software for what it's being used for. I'm not saying that that software shouldn't exist in the hands of certain people, but school administrators are not those people. There's, I cannot, I cannot think of one single situation where just calling the right people isn't the better answer to this problem. Yes. So I I don't know, like if the Supreme court already ruled that it's okay, like how do you even, how do you deal with that? Like, who do you go to? You can actually appeal the Supreme court if you have a good enough case, but again, it also would depend if it's, and that's the one thing I cannot seem to find if it was the, uh, Oh, wait, Never mind. In the case New Jersey, I stand corrected. Uh, in the case New Jersey versus TLO, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that schools do not do not necessarily need a warrant to search students, so long as officials have a reasonable belief a student has broken the law or school policy. Also, that's kind of a or school policy. Jeez. And the search is not unnecessarily intrusive or reasonably related in scope to the circumstances. God, that's a run on. Uh, to the circumstances under which the search was originally justified. Here's the thing with that. Like, who defines the reasonableness of the search? Or invasiveness. Or invasiveness. What's, you know, checking a locker versus a cavity search? I mean, like, what's, <laughs> who's to say? Both are cavities. I mean, define your cavity here. <laughs> well, right. Um, but that's what I'm saying. What's, what's considered invasive? Right. And invasive to who? Yeah. You know, and it's like, as a kid... You don't have a lot of times the the backup that you should have as far as even being able to fight that. Yeah, I remember when I was younger. You know, it's like I mean, I didn't have a phone in school. Yeah, I, I know I dated myself a little bit there, <laughs> but uh, if I did, you know, and I'm playing on my phone in class and get it taken away, cool. Doesn't give you the right to search because, according to this, even it has to be you need to have thought I broke the law or school policy. Well, yeah, but playing with your phone in class, you're breaking school policy, right? I don't know how getting into my phone is going to prove that you obviously proved that by taking my phone from me. Right. Well, and and the other thing that worries me too is, and this is going to go, this is going to get a little dark here. And I I don't mean that for, for that to be the way this goes, but I don't see a way to get around this. And I feel like this is an important enough issue that it should at least be talked about. There's a lot of people that go under the radar that, Every school year, you hear about people that are abusing kids, and you hear about people in positions of authority doing things that they shouldn't, you know, and right, wrong, or indifferent. As a kid, you do stupid things. So I guarantee you that there are kids at school that have pictures of themselves or other people that are naked, partially, you know, whatever the case may be. There are inappropriate pictures that, especially as an adult to possess, would be a huge problem. Yeah. Um, So... I think to some of the uh, inappropriate relationships that you often read about as well between teachers and students and things, if something like that happens and now say that the teacher, this to me, this gives the teacher a repercussion to potentially hide something like that as well, because the teacher can say, you know, the the teacher and the student could have that relationship. There could be some pictures, messages, whatever pass back and forth. This now gives the teacher a potential avenue to go in and to hide tracks or to clear things out prior to parents or other people seeing it and potentially getting away with a really terrible, you know, situation for much longer or potentially to be used as blackmail against the student. You know, it could be the other way around. If they want a relationship type deal and the student is not interested, they could confiscate their phone, get 
things off of their phone that could be used for leverage and then held against that student, you know, and essentially it's just blackmail, you know? Yeah. And so where's the oversight to using these tools? I'm sure the schools have certain policies and stuff in play, but I mean, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, this is an incredibly slippery slope and I feel like the bad terribly outweigh the good. Yeah. I, I cannot see any real good to this. You know, it's like even, and I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm actively trying to think like, <laughs> what are you possibly going to find? That's like, Oh, we were right. He broke the law. Right. No, you took your, you took their phone probably for good reason. They're playing on it in class or any number of reasons. But I also would worry about some of the racial bias that you would likely see with something. Like this. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, the opportunity for this to be bad is so much worse than it is to be good. The only good example that I could give you, and even this is still really, this is shaky ground at best, is you get a report from another student that somebody said they're going to come in and shoot up the place kind of deal. And so the school confiscates their phone. They can find messages. They find a, uh, uh, what's that called? The, not an agenda, but the, the hit list kind of deal and all that kind of stuff. You know, they could find things potentially that could give leeway right. to, to stopping something like that. And, and in those extremely tight, limited circumstances, I could understand where it could potentially be beneficial. But if you have that kind of concern in the first place, the police should already be involved. Yes, and here's the other thing with that, too, and it's partly playing devil's advocate on this one. What if you had a list of people like, because I mean, I, I feel like if you were going to have a hit list, you probably wouldn't, you know, list. my hit list for Tuesday, you know, so it's a random list of people. Maybe it's people you're inviting to a birthday, but for whatever reason, you know, everybody saw you as, yeah. as the outcast. Like, there are many reasons you could have a list that's not that. Yeah, that's true. It could be used against you. Could Somebody could say you have a list kind of deal because they happen to see you writing something earlier. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that because that takes the good and suddenly turns it back into a bad again. Because at that point, it's, uh, it's also hearsay anyway, and I don't even not, I don't think you could, it would hold up in court, you know, but... But they don't again, need it. That's the point, is they don't need, there's no warrants, there's no court. No, but to actually do anything with the information, you would still need to get the court involved at that point. Yeah, but you're already right. I mean... If it's if it's valid, you're either suspend. I guess the school could use certain levels to suspend people or expel people. But I mean, anything of any va- anything of any note or any value, the police are already involved, and you're either going to be in custody in one way or the other. I'm sorry, if I, and it, I, I understand that you know courts have apparently ruled like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Uh, if I were a parent and this happened to my kid, honestly, I don't even care what you find on there. You know, at, at this point, I'm sticking up for my kid because this. No. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that was a real shaky argument there. Yes. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, but you, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, you you know whole, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, and I think if I found out my kid's school was doing this or that it was even a possibility, like, cause they have you sign uh, you, I know you don't have kids yet, but like when your kid goes to school, most schools will have you sign some sort of, release and things like that and you're, there's certain codes of conduct and stuff that you're agreeing to between the family and the school at the beginning of the year um, and they have some like digital agreements and things as far as like what you will and won't do on the network and things and i'm guessing i've never actually read through all of them in depth kind of deal because some of them almost read out like contracts yeah you know and so you know you don't you don't read all that crap so they could easily slip something like this, you know, or the use of this kind of tool into one of those agreements. You sign off on at the beginning of the year and suddenly 
even though you're bothered by a, as a, by a parent, you don't have any ground to stand on anyways. Because who reads the EULA? Well, exactly. And, and Although but, as a public school, <laughs> you should not have a EULA. Well, and that's exactly, I was going to say exactly that. The schools shouldn't be in a position where they have to have one in the first place. But I, I feel like, honestly, that's the path we're on with this kind of stuff. You know, and this is what's being made aware publicly. Like, you know, how long or what's going on above and beyond this that you're not aware of. And that's, yeah. And the sad part is, in some cases, you, know, you see stuff like this, which we now know about. How much stuff do we not know about? Yeah, well, exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. Even to, the, <laughs> even to this level, you know, I mean, it's like. For sure. I mean, thankfully, good luck trying to, you know, confiscate my phone while we're all working remote. Ha ha. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, there's that, but even then, eventually, we're all going to be back into, you know, and some schools are because reasons. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see any good to this whatsoever. Yeah. I really don't. Yep. I agree. And I, I think, honestly, like, I, I feel like, honestly, what you and I are doing are, are, about as productive as you can be with this kind of thing, because it's just the best you can do is educate yourself, you know, and then that way, when, when things come up, you either a are educated on the matter or B, you know, as they have school meetings, council meetings, whatever the case may be, you're educated enough to be able to speak on that sort of thing, or you can bring it up at those meetings and say, Hey, you know, does my school have something like this? Or are you guys planning to do something like this? You know, and cause maybe people start pushing for, you know, regime changes within the schools and stuff too. You know, I don't know. So, yeah. And that's sometimes the big question. Um, now what I will say for, uh, listeners out there, uh, what I will do is I will actually go ahead and make sure we have the, the second link that I found the Gizmodo article as well, because yeah. it does go into a little more detail, uh, a little more, uh, broad range topic of, of this particular one. And I think, you know, on the show, we have a lot of, uh, back and forth, a lot of, uh, opinion op-ed type pieces uh, and, and don't take anything we say you know with a uh you know as gospel it's just our thoughts our subjective uh viewpoints yeah we're rambling uh, but at the same and we're rambling <laughs> um at the same time anything you do find interesting please by all means research 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 go out and find information you know form your own opinions on it we'd love to hear that stuff yeah for sure yeah let us know because you know if if you find that we're biased to one side or the other. I mean, I feel like this is a really hard one to tip the scale the other direction, but by all means, you know, change our opinion. There is a spot on the website as well. You can actually leave us like voicemails. And if it's something you're interested in, we can actually add it into the show or play it live on the show kind of deal. And then we can react or respond to it. Uh, you're always welcome to email us at the, you know, the end of every show, Jason has a little, you know, spiel about how you can reach us. By all means, you know, send us your thoughts, send us your opinions, and we would love to, uh, you know, to be able to respond to those accordingly. And if you don't, you know, if you don't want your name or if you don't want your information, you know, made public on, on the, the podcast, that's perfectly fine. Just let us know, um, you know, and we'll, Jane, jo, Jane Doe said this, or, you know, John Smith said this kind of deal. And, you know, we can still express your opinion, you know, and, and work with it and stuff and, you know, go from there. So. Yeah, by all means, we, we want to hear from you guys. I think, Jason, um, I think we're going to detour a slight bit from uh, from the normal rails here real quick, just because that last one was such a downer. <laughs> I feel like we need to... Yeah. Uh, Go out maybe, on a positive note? Yeah, we need we need something a little bit more positive. Did, uh, I'm all right with this. Did anything like fun and exciting? Do you have anything good for Christmas? Anything cool? Uh, 
mean, it was COVID Christmas. I get it, but you know, trying to yeah, trying to I find mean, an upswing here on this one. <laughs> <laughs> COVID Christmas makes things a little bit interesting. Uh, like I said, I mean, my wife and I were able to take a little trip. You know, nice little camping. Uh, to be fair, it was all like campsites kind of off the grid. I will say, though, KOA does do a really great job, A, of keeping everybody separate anyway, because some of them were surprisingly, you know, more full than you would have expected. Okay. But there's like a nice little pamphlet, and they're like, yo, your your room was cleaned and sanitized by so-and-so, and the name's there, uh, and it kind of gave you all the, uh, you know, what they did to go through and, and clean everything up, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, for sure. So I know we stayed... uh Stayed there the one night. Uh, I'm always a big fan of gift cards, so uh, got a nice, uh, decent size one to Lowe's, which means I will nice. probably go ahead and get the shed that I want to get. Oh wow, nice! Well, I mean, it's I, as a homeowner, you have to love gift cards. That is like one oh, of the best gift cards to get. are the best, <laughs> especially from like Lowe's or Home Depot or something. Yeah, those you can never go wrong with. Is what Amazon you can never go wrong with. I mean, because you can get anything you want at that point, right? Uh, sometimes I've gotten to that age where I was like, Oh, what do you want for, you know, Christmas or your birthday? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Cause if I wanted it, I probably already bought it for myself Yep. or I have no idea or it's something I got to save up and put it on. Yep. Um, so gift cards are great for that. You know, especially <laughs> when you just start combining them. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the Christmas bonus this year from work. We ended up getting a nice chunk of, it was a gift gram which if you're not familiar with Giftogram, it's nice because let's say it's it's $50 you're going to give it to somebody. They have their option of about 50 different places you could or, you could oh, resolve wow. these gift cards at. That's pretty sweet. Okay. You basically have 50 units then and now some are specifically in sets of 5, 10, 20. So if you want three separate gift cards of like a 20, a 20 and a 10, cool. Just put that oh, in your wow. order into Giftogram, you do your uh, you don't have to worry about dealing with a login because the uh, code that you get just ties back to its balance. It's, like it's your gift card code, your gift card balance. You never have to huh. log in. That's really cool. I like that. And then it immediately will give you the the gift card code that you'll need to type into right. insert site here, Amazon right. Lobes, wherever. Carabas, uh, that's a huh. one on there. Lobstergram, that's on there. Uh, so it, it's actually a really nice service. And I dig that, that my uh, company that I work for uh, has gone that route with it. Because you have options. I mean, yeah, whether sure. it's your Lowe's, Home Depot, or Amazon, they're the three most people use. But you know what? If you want to take that and treat yourself to some lobster or some Omaha steaks, right? Hashtag not sponsored, but hashtag could be sponsored. <laughs> uh, We're open. <laughs> uh, no, it, I, it that, that was pretty cool, and that was uh, definitely kind of a, a a big highlight as far as that stuff. So now it's now it's the other half of the problem of going. Oh, well, now what am I going to get? Right? Because I could put the other money from work to the same lows and get the better shed yeah there you go well that's as a homeowner now you're like oh i need to have a shed so i have a place to put things (laughs) for all your crap that you keep accumulating for more birthdays and christmases (laughs) well i'm trying to you know get it all out of the the right now it all my so my weed whacker Mm -hmm. my rake my shovel um you know it's all sitting in the laundry room right now which isn't very big in the first place plus uh they we so we got solar input, but uh, as a result, we also ended up changing out the water heater uh, to like a high efficiency one. Because of the solar or? Because of solar. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so uh, they just installed that, which was probably about twice as big as round as the other one used of to be. Of course. <laughs> so now I have even that less room in there. Right. So like, yeah, it's definitely time to get a shed. So we're going to order that this weekend. Cool. 
But then any money that I have left over, or possibly uh, if when the stimulus check actually comes in, I think I'm going to give in and get my uh, speaker set that I want to get. Oh, nice. There you go. Which is only like 200 bucks, but I really want it to glow. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> is it so bad? I mean, it's got great reviews on a sound aspect, okay? Uh, but it does also glow. And then I want to get the Logitech keyboard and mouse and uh, charging mouse pad for it. All of this. I mean, yeah, that'll, that'll take me some bit too. But the, the light, it, it glows between all of them. What you, what you don't know is that there's already lights and stuff that go around parts of his desk and stuff now. So sometimes when I'm watching, because uh, we do like a video call between us while we're talking, and uh, at, at times I can see the colors changing or things getting brighter and dimmer, and it uh, it does look pretty neat, I will say. So when you can it's add to it, along. I'm sure, yeah, we'll have to get a uh, we'll have to get like a picture eventually of the setups and you know like a office. Oh, tour. that would be nice. I mean, I would definitely want to clean up my desk because there's more I want to do with it. Yeah, uh, to clean it up, like I do. But here's the nice thing though, because I have only have the LED on the underside by my legs. Which is cool, but it's usually daytime. So you know, it doesn't glow as much as you might think it would or that you'd want it. But once I get specifically the speakers, because they glow out the back, and then everything else with the LED, I'll just turn the lights off, and this whole thing will... Everything yeah. except my homemade little light runner down at the bottom will, will glow all as one. So I'm excited for it. It's nice. just going to take a little bit of time. Uh, but we'll get there, you know. It's very cool. We uh we got my uh my daughter some for Christmas. It was uh I forget forty five or fifty five foot string or whatever um of like addressable LEDs and stuff. Nice. And uh, she ended up putting them like around her bed, and we went like up the one wall. Like she has like an accent wall, and her bed's beside that wall, so it went around her bed, up the corner of like the one, and then across the top kind of deal. Okay. And those are really cool because they have a remote and they have like the little IR sensor stuff, so you can do stuff manually. But they also tie into the different assistants, uh, which works out really well because that's how we control the rest of our house. Uh, I think I, I think I've said it on the podcast before, and I know Jason knows, but like all the light switches in our house have been unhooked over the years because we've switched over to like all smart lights and everything like that. So like you walk into the room and you say, you know, Alexa, turn kitchen on kind of deal, and it just kind of happens. And so these new lights for her room are the same way. And she thought that was the coolest thing because now she can go into her room and she can say, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. And they can change colors and they can flash and they can, you know, make all kinds of neat patterns and stuff. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Jason sent me some of those nano leaf shapes. <laughs> those things I think are actually really cool. I cannot get over the price though. Yeah, I feel I like mean, they need to double the amount that you get for the price that they're asking. Yeah, because I mean, the one I sent uh, was the Best Buy link, which right now, currently, the 10 pack of the mini triangles is 119. They, I, I personally am wholeheartedly like, those look cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would be very, apparently, that's just a, it's, see, that's just an expansion. It's not even the main. I didn't even catch how much the main one was. So I was originally trying to find the name of them because I think the net. Or right, they are not cheap. The starter set is seven panels and it's one ninety nine. It's down below, like the people also viewed link. <laughs> oh. It's a two hundred dollar kit. Oh my gosh! <sighs> and they have a hexagon one too, so it's the same yeah. price. You can get triangles or hexagons, and like I think it's cool. Like if you want to make the investment, like for people that stream and stuff like that, I could see where you know it could certainly be an investment. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but. <laughs> I could see where that could be beneficial or helpful, you know, for your stream and stuff. 
but that is a really, you know, even as somebody that bought smart lights and stuff, like we bought those hue lights and stuff and those bulbs were, I think 45 or 50 bucks a piece. And, you know, I realized that I've spent way more than $200 on lights, but I've gotten way more than a couple of colorful triangles as well. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's like if I had money to blow, like just some extra spare rando money. Sure. But is there like an off brand that works just as well? That's not as expensive. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is then you always run into the, oh yeah, you get what you pay for. You bought the cheap. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I've, I've told you my policy a couple of times. I'd rather buy it once and it'd be really expensive than buy it two or three times, you know, because it's junk. So Yeah. But it doesn't make it an easier pill to swallow for sure. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. <sighs> so, all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to round us out here for today. So, uh, Jason's going to send us out one more time here for today. And thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. Never miss an episode. And if you like what we're about, be sure to leave us a five star review wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Be sure to follow us at Dual Rambling on Twitter or for show notes check out our website, anchor.fm slash dual rambling. From all of us here at Dual Rambling, I'm Jason. And I'm Steve. And as always, ramble on.